Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't like this headline. And I really think this headline... They finally have to force those in charge to admit that our health care is completely broken. And this has everything to do with data collected by children's hospitals across the country that reveals half of the children now needing surgery are waiting too long, meaning there could be lifelong consequences. And not to mention these kids are now being forced to suffer in pain for much longer. Or worse, they just can't get treatment in time to save their lives. But we also learn that kids are also falling behind and getting proper and timely diagnosis. They're waiting longer for emergency care. We are talking tens of thousands of children waiting months for basic health care, we are always told, will be guaranteed. I want to bring Emily Grunewald to this conversation. She's the president and chief executive of Children's Healthcare Canada and the executive director of Pediatric Chairs of Canada. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us. You're welcome. Good morning. We know, and we've been reporting, certainly I've been covering for a long time, the unacceptable wait times for adults where, you know, they can wait 25 months for hip or knees, you know, 30 months for, for uh, you know, a, a cataract surgery. But when you hear children are waiting too, uh, you know, that's just simply not acceptable. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of Canadians imagine our healthcare system will be there for for their children when they need it the most. But that um, is proving not the case and not consistently the case across the country. Um, we all imagine a healthy, bright future for our for our kids. But the truth is, Canada has been falling behind um, many international comparators with respect to children's physical health and mental mm -hmm. health. So, for example, right now, Canada places 30th out of 38 OECD countries with respect to children's physical yeah. health and 31st out of 38 with respect to mental health. So these, um, what we're seeing in terms of surgical delays are just a symptom of the broader issues. Yeah, I mean, we are so lucky in this country because we, we have some of the best, if not the best, children's hospitals in the entire world. There are, you know, everybody sends their children to us to fix because we have such great staff and talent and research but we can't deliver it. And early diagnosis, as you know, is crucial, especially with a child, because if they're not treated on time, then you can't reverse the issues. And I think to things like a cleft lip, or maybe there's an issue with, um, you know, lengthening a bone so that their body can grow straight. There's so many little things that if you, if you fix them in children when they're young, they can go on to have a normal life. And now that's not even a guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. You said it. We have some of the um, most incredible world-class children's hospitals across this country, but they are facing unprecedented unprecedented demands right now. Their emergency departments are seeing um, increases 30 to 50 percent higher numbers of patients coming through their doors than ever before. Um, we're seeing children and their families waiting over 12 hours to be seen. Um, can you imagine what that would feel like with a young child? That's a really nope. difficult scenario for any family. And then the fact of the matter is those children who are the sickest and who require admission to the hospital for care are now often being admitted without bed, which means that there isn't the capacity mm. in the hospital to care for these very sick children. So what that means is that um, children's hospitals are creating capacity by um, rescheduling or canceling surgeries. So, so that's what's leading to some of the challenges that we're seeing across the country with respect to uh, surgical delays. So essentially, we have to pick winners and losers here. 
Well, they triage based on acuity. So absolutely the sickest children are always being seen um, and they're always being seen in priority. But it does mean that some other essential procedures um, are being delayed. Children across the country are waiting anywhere from a year to two years for surgery that to your point, um, there's very specific windows of opportunity for us to um, affect positive outcomes for that child. And and the waiting period for children who are waiting months or years for surgery, some of those children are waiting in pain and some of those children are unable to participate in other activities of daily living. They're unable to go to school because they're they're waiting for that essential care. So it has broad, um, far-reaching impacts, not only on the child, but also on their families as well. Well, I can't imagine what parents go through. I mean, no one wants to see their child in pain, but knowing that the pain is going to be prolonged and, and become a lifelong challenge is is hard to to stomach, but then it's very hard to explain to a child why they are being forced to live in pain. But then you look at some of the other issues, you know, yes, a, a child who has a more significant injury or um, issue will be seen first, but then we have to bump kids who need a diagnosis for autism. And if you don't catch that early enough, and Lord knows we know parents who have really struggled and been abandoned uh, in this particular area, if they can't get treated and diagnosed early enough, then, then again, the prolonged uh, damage, um, you know, is, is kind of incalculable. Absolutely. So child development services, mental health services, um, diagnostics, surgical procedures, Uh, You know, the truth is that right now, many children are waiting longer for essential services than adults. And I don't think that there's broad awareness about Mm -hmm. um, that fact, nor about the longer term impacts that has uh, for kids. Yeah. And ultimately, um, we're going to end up paying more. Uh, This is going to cost us more because these issues that children face will then have to be treated longer, uh, you know, and they'll have to be, um, you know, constantly seeing doctors. So it will end up costing us more. But then the things that hospitals could count on, like the cyclical or maybe the slower times to catch up on these procedures, that doesn't exist. And we're about to head into another flu season. We can't get basic medicines for children at the the grocery store or the drugstore. So all those kids are rushing down to the emergency. Um, you know, they're going to be seen. What are you looking, what are we looking at heading into to what is a very tough time and busy time for hospitals than with kids? Yeah, you've raised a lot of really important um, points and a lot of challenges that we're facing. You, Children's Healthcare Canada, many organizations like ours are now calling on the federal government to make children a priority. We need to see a plan. We need a pan-Canadian yep. strategy that Um, prioritizes children in our COVID recovery plans. And for us, you know, that looks at or that would include everything from making sure that moms and children have the best start possible. Um, It means having precision medicine and hospital based care available um, to the sickest children in this country. And it means also improving coordination of, of services for children with disabilities or for chronic diseases. And so this is a a really what we're looking at is a pretty complex strategy to address the continuum of care for children and youth in this country. We know, for example, that children, even pre-pandemic, were waiting months, if not years, for community-based mental health services. We know that we have all sorts of challenges with respect to health human resources and having highly skilled, highly specialized cohort of healthcare providers available to treat children. Children are not tiny adults. You know, we need very specialized providers. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, available to, to deliver care for them. 
uh, we're, you know, we're also seeing the challenges with, with medications, like you mentioned. Um, we have a challenge in Canada accessing safe and effective medications for children. Um, children metabolize medications in different ways than adults. It's not sufficient nor appropriate to say, you know, cut up an, uh, cut up a, an Advil in two and, and give that to your child. That's not appropriate. We can and must do better. Um, so there's a number of, of complex issues. Some of them are longstanding. Some of them are relatively new and emerging as a result of the pandemic. But the, the bottom line is we don't have a plan right now. And there's cracks emerging and children falling through those cracks. And despite all the warnings, everyone ignored them. And uh, and, I, and look, these doctors and nurses on the front lines, they perform miracles every single day. I, I have to think it's incredibly hard on them, uh, knowing that, that, that there are children that just aren't going to get the treatment. Absolutely. Um, those frontline providers have had a really, really difficult two and a half years, and there isn't an end in sight. We're not seeing volumes of patients decrease. And to your point earlier, um, we're heading into flu season. But the funny thing is, you know, the seasonality approach to flus and other viruses is almost going away. It's like it's all coming at once. It's coming throughout the year and consistently. So we're not seeing the ebb and flow that we used to previously. Um, and that just makes it even harder to staff and even harder for those healthcare providers to know when they're going to get um, a really needed break. Nonetheless, uh, this has to be addressed, and uh, it should have been addressed, but here we are, the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Emily, very much appreciate your time on this. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Emily Grootwald uh, with the President and Chief Executive of Children's Healthcare Canada and the Executive Director of Pediatric Chairs of Canada. Again, warning signs have been there, all ignored, and I really need and hope people uh, in charge wake up.